Time to Shift is a podcast that aims to inform on energy and climate-related affairs with the intent to contribute to a low-carbon economy. My name is Laure, and today we will be discussing the effects of our individual behavior on climate change. We will tackle three main questions. First, in my day-to-day -day life, how do I contribute to climate change? Is it worth changing my lifestyle? And finally, how can I decrease my emissions without giving up too much comfort? Is that even possible? If you've been following the podcast, you are likely aware of some of the bigger carbon-emitting culprits in our behavior. You've probably read somewhere that eating less meat and flying less are effective ways to decrease your personal carbon footprint. Today, we will be exploring this important issue in more detail, using solid data to motivate you to keep up your good habits and to let go of the less eco-friendly ones. We also encourage you to use these practical numbers to enter into a discussion with your friends and family. Who knows, maybe they will come in handy the next time you need a bulletproof argument to explain why you're bringing veggie patties to barbecue, or why you're choosing a local holiday destination instead of jetting over to Bali. The numbers cited in this episode are based on a study by Carbon4, a consulting company assisting businesses in their efforts to decarbonize and to adapt to climate change. While the study specifically looked at France, the figures can be used as a common benchmark that gives you an idea of the proportions of our carbon footprint from different activities, with some variations from country to country. For example, if you live in a country which uses coal to generate electricity, like for example Germany, Australia, India, or even China, your electricity consumption will have a larger carbon footprint. Likewise, if you often drive around in a big car, you will emit more emissions from transportation than someone who gets around by walking, biking, or by taking the public transport. If you would like to find out your own carbon footprint, we have included an online calculator in the description of the episode. To set the scene, global warming is caused by an increase in greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere. This increase is anthropogenic, or simply put, man-made, and caused mainly by the burning of fossil fuels. Many of us agree that mitigating global warming will be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, challenge of the 21st century. If we want to succeed, we will need to change our way of living. Before we go any further, let's make sure we all understand what we mean by carbon footprint. It is the cumulative amount of greenhouse gases emitted over the life cycle of a product or service. For example, if we look at a mobile phone, its carbon footprint refers to the amount of greenhouse gases emitted during the mining operations, the metal refining process, the manufacturing of the necessary electronic components, the assembly of the phone itself, all logistics and transportation across the production process, the use of the phone, and lastly, its end of life. Take another example. If we look at a plane ticket, its carbon footprint represents all the emissions linked to producing and burning the jet fuel used by the plane, as well as for the construction and maintenance of the aircraft and airport for which one passenger is responsible. If we use the same logic to calculate the carbon footprint of a person, we have to add up all the carbon footprints of all the goods and services they consume. The carbon footprint of an individual varies greatly by country and by person, depending on the local infrastructure and lifestyle. A 
According to Carbon4, the average carbon footprint of a person in France was about 10 tons per year before the COVID pandemic. Statista, another source, indicates that it was 20 tons in the U.S. and less than 0.2 tons per person in Mali before COVID. In order to meet the Paris Agreement, which means keeping global warming well below 2 degrees Celsius, we need to decrease our carbon footprint to no more than 2 tons per person per year by 2050. This sounds like a challenging effort, and rest assured, it is nothing short of that. Luckily for us, though, there are a few factors that make this task more manageable and that will hopefully make you feel more empowered to make it happen. The first is that individual action breeds collective action. In much the same way that it's easier to start a habit like working out, eating healthy, or studying if you have a friend to do it with, taking action means you can be a leader for others around you who want to start living more sustainably as well. Every step you take is likely paving the way for those around you to do the same. When enough people in a community have a will to contribute to sustainability, local politicians will have to accommodate for this and reflect it in systemic changes. Secondly, there is no need to be perfect. Simply being concerned about the issue of sustainability is of big help as it brings mindfulness and awareness of all decisions we make and actions we take. It is also important to understand that long-lasting change takes time and doesn't happen overnight. It is better to take small steps at a time and never go back, rather than making drastic changes which will leave you frustrated over the long term. It takes time to change habits, so allow yourself and those around you to go as slowly as you need, little by little, just as long as you're going in the right direction. Lastly, Remember that when you take action on your habits for the sake of the climate and the environment, you are taking part in a meaningful global effort to reduce the effects of climate change, not just for your own benefits, but for everyone's sake. Now, let's look more concretely at how much some habits can reduce your carbon footprint. Earlier, we learned that, in order to meet the objective of the Paris Agreement, the average person needs to decrease his or her carbon footprint to two tons per year. If we look at France, this means cutting the current emissions of 10 tons per year by a factor of five. To give you a sense of how much one ton of carbon is, you can compare it to driving 6,000 kilometers with a diesel car or a one-way flight between Paris and New York. Likewise, it is also approximately the same amount as what 50 trees can absorb during one year. Before we get into how much an individual can act on, please keep in mind that it will vary from person to person and that not all solutions are applicable to all people. We are not suggesting that someone living in the countryside must abandon their car and do everything by foot. Still, having said that, we also recognize that there is very likely something each and every one of us can do, despite different circumstances. So, what can we do to reduce our carbon footprint as an individual? We first need to understand what activities in our lives emit carbon. Carbon-4 broke them down into five categories. Transport, food, housing, consumption of private goods and services, and public services and investments. To give you a rough idea, 
In France, transport and food each make up 25% of the average person's carbon footprint, followed by housing and consumption of private goods and services at 20% each. Public services and investments make up the remaining 10%. As an individual, you can only act on the first four categories to reduce your carbon footprint, namely transport, food, housing, and consumption of private goods and services. We are going to give out some figures on carbon reductions shortly. As you understand, these figures are all averages from a French study and should be used with a pinch of salt. That being said, it can give you a good idea of the order of magnitude of the habits we are going to talk about. Let's start with transport. If you started to cycle instead of using a car for short distances, say up to 5 kilometers, that would lead to a reduction of 0.3 tons in emissions per year. Having at least one other person in your car, instead of using your car as you normally would, think commuting with a colleague, for example, amounts to another 0.3 tons saved. Not taking the plane anymore also saves about 0.3 tons. If we add up these three measures, you have already saved 0.9 tons of carbon per year. And remember, these measures would represent carbon emissions reductions equal to a 6,000 kilometer long journey with a diesel car or a one-way flight from Paris to New York. Pretty impressive, right? Keep in mind that if you use your car or fly more than the average person, the reductions would have a larger impact. So, in terms of transport, doing all you can to reduce your impact by taking up more eco-friendly habits would get you to drop about one ton of carbon emissions in your carbon footprint. Food, which is perhaps the elephant in the room, is likely your biggest opportunity to cut down on your emissions cost-free. One kilo of beef is five times more emissions intensive than one kilo of pork or cheese. Furthermore, removing meat and fish from your diet altogether would cut a whooping one ton of carbon from your footprint. Buying seasonal products from local producers is another way to cut your emissions and to support the local economy. There are a lot of ways you can reduce food waste, for example by buying fruits and vegetables that are oddly shaped and might get discarded for it, buying food in smaller quantities, saving leftover food for another meal, or even relying on your senses, particularly your vision and smell, to check if a product is still good even after the expiry date has passed. Believe me, you will definitely know if that yogurt or egg is no longer fresh. Eww, I still have chills thinking about it. You might also find that purchasing a composting kit can help you reduce the amount of organic waste you generate. For housing, the main way to reduce your carbon emissions without investments is to use a thermostat, reduce the indoor temperature during winter, and to put on an extra layer of clothing. <sighs> This would save about 0.2 tons of emissions on average per year. The same goes for those of you who are used to hanging out in a t-shirt and shorts indoors all year long. It will make a bigger difference for the climate if you just put on that extra sweater instead. The most effective, but unfortunately also the most expensive, way to reduce the carbon intensity of your housing is to renovate your home. This requires some financial means, but improving the thermal efficiency and upgrading the heating system of your home with heat pumps or a wood boiler would save you another one ton of carbon emissions per year for a total of 1.2 tons for the housing measures we discussed. Some states have been financing these renovations. 
check out your local regulation to see if you can be eligible for financial help. If you can select your electricity provider, favor one where you can source electricity from renewable or low-carbon sources. And finally, small gestures such as installing LED lamps, turning off lights and equipment when not in use or when leaving a room can also help. Last but not least, the individual consumption of goods and services. This is something that differs much more than people's use of transport or domestic heating, so we will go through this more generally. Reducing, reusing, and recycling, which are known as the three golden R's of waste management, are easily applicable to this area of our lives. Reducing the amount of new clothes you buy would save you about 0.2 tons of carbon emissions per year. Or more, if you tend to go shopping for fun rather than out of necessity. Applying the three R's to achieve a zero-waste lifestyle would save you another 0.1 ton per year. Buying electronics and household appliances exclusively secondhand would save you 0.15 tons of emissions per year. It won't come as a surprise that making conscious efforts to buy products that are made sustainably, last longer, and can be repaired or recycled will also help. Taking the habit of repairing products, for example clothes and electronics, might help you extend their lives and reduce your needs for new items. All in all, buying less, wasting less, and sourcing your electronics secondhand can save you a total of almost half a ton of carbon emissions per year. In this episode, we wanted to highlight some habits you can take to reduce your own carbon footprint. If you want a more detailed and personalized assessment of your own footprint, we recommend you use the calculator we included in the description of the podcast. Changing our daily habits can be difficult, particularly when they correspond to a certain idea of happiness or success, but the effort is definitely worthwhile. The best way is to go slowly but surely. Pick one thing such as eating less meat or buying secondhand clothes, stick to it for a few months, then change something else, and so on. Finally, remember that we, humans, give more attention to what people do rather than what they say. On this topic, the next episode will be about exploring the psychology of change. If you want to convince your family and friends to adopt a more climate-friendly lifestyle, it's best to lead by example. Be the change you want to see in the world. It all starts and ends with you. This podcast was produced by The Shifters, volunteers supporting The Shift Project. The Shift Project is a French think tank advocating the shift to a post-carbon economy. Stay tuned for more Shift. À bientôt!